Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Hello, happy Wednesday. This is Dwight Beal. It is June 7, and I am here with Jay DePoy. Am I saying that right? 100%. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. How are you, Dwight? Good. And do you go by J mostly, or J. do some people call you yeah, JD? The, because there's another infamous J at the Gateway. Okay. Now our executive director, Jay right. uh, I have He got there first, so <laughs> I'm now JD. There's a couple okay. of Js there. Should I be calling you JD? I mean, it doesn't matter Whatever. to me. Okay. Let the spirit lead. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> um, hey, tell us a little bit more about your family. I would love to. Uh, I originally grew up in, in Muskegon. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad's a pastor up there. and uh, Celebrating what? 40s? 40, he planted a church when he was 23 years old, right out of Bible college. And he's still there. 47 years later, wow. same church, same wow. community. That is so and rare. I know. Right. Uh, he's got some kind of record. I, he asked me to um, preach. So last Sunday, I was there for that anniversary service. And cool. I, brought that gospel heat it was awesome and, <laughs> and so um my family's there so and then i went to grand valley state university um and i i had a hard journey you know my journey is one in which i can look back with 2020 vision but i i, I went through a season of real dark self-destruction and i've been in and out of ministry uh, a lot of pain um divorced and remarried but i'm married to Teresa now my mm. best friend in the world and mm. she is uh, a hurricane of, of grace, you know, wow. in my life. And um, together we do ministry and we hang out with the least of these where we find Jesus at work. So I got three teenage daughters, estrogen overload in my <laughs> house. So it's good to hang out with you, man, uh, just to get away sometimes and s- seek uh, the scriptures together. So, But my passion right now uh, is I work at the Gateway uh, gateway mission. I'm the outreach chaplain. So I'm literally on the streets hanging mm-hmm. out with folks who are in need of the hope of Jesus and right to share that hope. I love it. Yeah. Well, today we got another barn burner. Uh, we're, we're getting into the woe to use <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> when I, when I sent these Bible passages to Jay last week, he texted right back and he said, dude, these are hard passages. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Uh, left us right here with these. Really, he, he gets the ones on love, love, love. And then we go right into, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa. So, whoa to the Pharisees. Jesus is on fire. Yes. And we're going to pick up reading where we left off yesterday. Yeah. Um, this is often referred to as the seven woes um, uh, rhythm. He gets into this almost a poetic cadence. Um, but in Matthew chapter 23, we're going to read at verse 13 through 24. Right through 24. Okay, here we go. So he's continuing on with this rebuke, essentially, of the religious teachers. Mm-hmm. Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. We talked about that yesterday, right? You actors. You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those who enter who are trying to. 
Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when he becomes one, you make him twice as much the son of hell as you are. Ouch. Okay, preach Jesus. Woe to you, blind guides! You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. You blind fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift on it, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and everything on it. And he who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law justice and mercy and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. (laughs) He's the king of hyperbole, isn't he? Wow, Jesus, take it down a notch, man. He is on fire. Wow. Man, that the words you shut the door of kingdom of heaven in people's faces what an yeah. indictment yeah right yeah that is that seems to me to, that stood out to me as well yeah yeah i mean that'll put the fear of god in you just the thought that we could yeah. do that yeah um what what would be a modern day parallel of, of shutting the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. So I have a, the first thing that comes to mind is I have a dear friend who was raised in a certain tradition, um, a certain faith tradition that uh, after her divorce, she, who needed communion the most, was denied mm-hmm. uh, to take of the body broken and the blood poured out, to deny someone the communion of Christ post-divorce would be an example of someone, in my opinion, who would shut the door of the kingdom in the face of someone who is bleeding and desperate for hope and love and forgiveness and mercy. Um, And to stand in opposition to that table, that table that Jesus invited whosoever to, Mm -hmm. Uh, would be an example to me Mm -hmm. of a way in which um, our holier-than-thou religiosity, our bureaucracy, yeah, don't get me started on a lot of that stuff, the denominational (laughs) stuff, the requirements that aren't biblical Mm -hmm. can get in the very way of someone Mm -hmm. experiencing Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some of that bureaucracy or denominational stuff is uh, can tempt us to strain out a gnat uh, while we're swallowing a camel. Yeah. I mean, swallowing the camel is yes. is uh, building these fences that people can't get to the mm. grace, right? Yeah. 
And and then the gnat and camel to me is um, a continuation or an extension of the sliver and the log in your own eye, mm-hmm. right? So it's really tiny, but it's this huge imperative, like, do you see that the log is in your eye, mm-hmm. right? You're swallowing a camel, but you're worried about a gnat in the, you know, so uh, we're, I, I, I would argue that there's a, uh, we would call, we could call this adventures and missing the point. Like hmm. we get so caught up in these issues, and I think even in some of um, some cultural issues, quite frankly, we we get caught up in politics, we get caught up in this or that, and and it gets to the point where it becomes a distraction from the issue of the heart, hmm. right, of, of the gospel, and so uh, yeah, you know, the Apostles' Creed was formed as this concrete infrastructure of the, of the hills that will die on, right? This is what we believe. Mm-hmm. This is non, these are non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Um, at a time in which the need for uh, carving out a handful of creeds and confessions was happening because we were making mountains out of molehills, right? We were, there was, I say we as in the church, mm-hmm. there was a lot of confusion about who's in and who's out and what laws they had to follow through and reverse circumcision for an adult male, for example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, uh, th- this was not something that uh, you had a long waiting list of people excited about. You know, this was, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this was like, <laughs> so to say, um, could they, could that get in the way of someone who just really wants Jesus? Mm-hmm. Man, let's eliminate every possible barrier to the gospel. Mm-hmm. So Jesus goes right for the heart of the matter, right? Goes for the juggler vein and says, these things are standing in ironic contrast and direct opposition to the freedom that he's offering. Yeah. Do you think that's what was going on in Acts 15 when the, when the kind of the council came together and yeah. um, the yeah. Judaizers, yeah. if you will, were yeah. trying to force circumcision and hundred percent. Like, I, I think that's a, yeah. The Jerusalem Council of Acts fifteen, yeah, that time in history. Great point, uh, Dwight. Is just that the church was trying to figure out how how now shall we live? Right. What are the standards? What part of the Jewish law do we retain? What part of the Torah is still something that that, that we need to? Um, adhere to right uh, and, and where is their freedom now uh, the meat and drink issues you know mm-hmm. and all of that so yeah to carve out a few things and then for them to come away it took a couple hundred years for them to kind of ca- hammer out some things not just doctrine but yeah some theology right but this is what it means right to make jesus lord right and who is jesus let's carve that out mm-hmm. you know so that was happening today what does it look like i think it looks a lot like um Religion without relationship. I think it looks like entertainment without experience. Uh, I think it looks like um, mental ascent without spiritual enlivenment. All these ways in which um, we distract ourselves from the invitation of Jesus to surrender. Um, But this passage, as Jesus is responding to what he's seeing and has seen, to be specific to the text, um, there, it's not certain whether this refers to the efforts to um, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, whether they were trying to convert Gentiles to Judaism or efforts to convert Jews to Pharisaical legalism. 
in Jesus' day, there were four dominant people groups. You had the Pharisees and the Sadducees. A lot of us, I still get that mixed mixed up. Oh, what's a serious Sadducee? What's right. a Pharisee, right? But if you just think the Pharisees, I, I call like the professional religious people, yeah. right? And they were the conservatives, right? They were very conservative, very. And they loved Torah. Right. And many deeply loved God. Um, but pure, so the Hebrew language, the the was Purisham, Pharisees. Purisham literally translates the separated ones. Mm. Because of holiness, we are separate. Yeah. And so holiness would, would create space from we're in the circle and we're separate. We're in the circle of God's acceptance and love and favor. And if you're not in the circle, you know, woe to you, right, kind of a thing. Then you have the Sadducees. The Sadducees, I kind of look at more like uh, the political leaders. They were paid well by Rome to keep the peace. Uh, they were wealthy, the elite uh, status. And the two other groups were the Essenes and the Zealots. So in that day, with a, speaking specifically, they were the largest group with the Pharisees. And they were the ones that we see Jesus interacting with a lot in the scriptures. They were the teachers of the law. And they were probably right to lean into this new rabbi teaching a yoke that they were unfamiliar with and to find out what's the deal this guy is an up and coming megachurch pastor is his theology straight we've got to be our people are going over to his people and it's weird and he's got the fat you know and so there was a lot of confusion because they couldn't figure out which of the four boxes to put Jesus in (laughs) is he a zealot is he in a scene where does he come from who's his dad where's a seminary degree Right. right there's a lot of controversy with this guy and uh he wasn't a Sadducee let's see he's not a Pharisee what what where where what box can we put him in? And I think to this day, the, what's the mistake we're trying to do is we try to put Jesus in a box. Mm-hmm. Which box does he fit in? Was he a Democrat? <laughs> was he <laughs> right. was he a socialist? Was he a fill in the blank? And the last time we put God in a box, he broke out three days later. Right? <laughs> like you just can't do it. Right? He doesn't fit. He explodes <laughs> any of our boxes. And so as they would come away or warn people about Jesus and they were concerned about his theology or whatever else, he's over here healing people and bringing them to freedom. And freedom is at the core of the gospel. And freedom is the one thing they stood in opposition to. And so the law, later the Apostle Paul says, a letter of the law kills. It kills. It doesn't bring life. So... um, so when they stood in opposition to the freedom that he brought, to the new life that he was offering, he was saying, you have become a gate and, and find yourselves as self-appointed gatekeepers to my kingdom that is open and welcome to whoever is thirsty. I'm the living water. Whoever's hungry, I'm the bread of life. Whoever's tired, come, come, come. The last verse of the Bible, Revelation, come, come, come. Mm-hmm. That's, the heart of the, that's the heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So anybody who would stand in opposition to that invitation mm-hmm. is going to get a rebuke yeah. from the, the master of the feast who's putting on the party. Right. I love it. Find hope here. That's right. Hope found here. Hope found here. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Jay. Man, I could do this all day with you. Hey, look, we're going to put a pin in that and come back tomorrow. Sounds good. All right. God bless you all. Have a great day. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.